Welcome to the 360 Leadership Podcast, the top-rated show for driven women in senior leadership with new episodes released every Wednesday. I'm your host, Lucy Garnon, a multi-award winning executive coach for women leaders and the founder of 360 Leaders Club, an exclusive high-level membership for career-driven, family-orientated women just like you. I created the 360 Leadership Podcast to share practical tips, actionable step-by-step strategies and inspiring stories to support you to unlock the power and belief within, to accelerate your impact and potential so you can build a life filled with success, balance and happiness. So are you ready to achieve 360 degree success? No more excuses, no more waiting, your time is now. Welcome back to another episode of the 360 Leadership Podcast. I am delighted today to be joined by Catherine Doyle, who has taken on the role of Managing Director with Dell Technologies in Ireland. Catherine has overall responsibility for the commercial and enterprise businesses in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Catherine is a mother, she's a dog lover, and she's responsible for delivering solutions to the public and private sectors um, of all sizes throughout the island of Ireland, helping them to leverage the latest technologies to support their digital transformation goals. So Catherine, you are very, very welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very good, Lucy, and thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here talking to you. Of course, of course. And look, just before we came on, I suppose, you know, you have this, you know, big title and, you know, you're working in a big organization. But from our chats, you know, it's very clear that you are just a, you know, warm hearted, family orientated woman who has done really, really, really well in your career. So just to jump straight in at the jugular, how? (laughs) I'm very kind to say that, Lucy. Um, how, how do you build, how do you build a career? I suppose in steps and stairs and stages. I mean, it started at the very beginning. Um, I guess I fell into tech, um, especially the sort of sales business side of tech. I fell into the business side of tech by accident by, um, getting a temporary job in a software company and finding that I was just quite interested in how it all worked. Um, probably before that, I, you know, I had computers as a teenager at home, you know, very very old types of computers but um and I was just generally very interested so it really bit me at that point and I started to grow from there I moved from one company to another um through my 20s um I moved actually quite a lot at that time because I found I I didn't actually like some of the people I worked with and some of them I did and you know I, I moved until I sort of found my groove in terms of somewhere I felt I could learn and grow and um and then as as it developed and it, I I moved on with my career I'd be very coachable so I'm very very interested in what other people have to teach me um I also don't believe coaching or not even coaching but maybe even just learning from each other in a, even a more casual way needs to be somebody more experienced than you I'm finding that very much in this role as well um so just taking advice understanding what's going on around me leaning into my network you know figuring out my next moves and uh you and I were talking earlier about um you know if I do a good job they will notice and promote me um I did do that I think at one point we've all fallen into that trap um and uh eventually I guess you figure out that that actually you know there is no there is no TR coming um and it's all about how you actually architect your own career and I talk mm. a lot to um, younger people now coming up so they don't have to think about learning that the hard way um, mm-hmm. we just lay that out and explain it I think it's fairly well explained at this point in time which is a good thing 
Mm. Um, so once I architected my own career and I started to think about what I wanted to do, I think things changed quite significantly for me. Okay, so I there's so much gold that you've kind of said there. I'd love to just unpack a little bit, right? If it's okay with you. So yeah. first of all, you were talking about in your twenties of falling into the trap of doing the work. And I think that's like part of isn't it? Like it's part of your career journey, really. But you also said that you moved around a lot until you kind of found your groove. So I'm really curious, like if you were to go back to that 20 year old Catherine, would you do anything differently? Um, yeah, I probably would do a lot differently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Being honest. Um, I think, I think I learned stuff, um, the hard way a little bit when I probably didn't have to. Um, I mean, it probably stood to me in the longer term. Um, but I think that probably, um, if I, if I had just understood how to use a network, how to, you know, learn from others in a more constructive way, um, you know, how to, you know, seek executive sponsorship within your company, um, or wherever you work at your place of business, all of those areas, it took me a long time to figure out. Mm. Um, so let's just maybe unpack those three things. So you said like how to use your ne- network. You also said executive sponsorship. And what was the third one? Uh, coaching probably. Oh, it? yeah. 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 L- learning from others. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if we just start with that, because, you know, one thing I see a lot as well with women I would work with, too, is sometimes before you invest in, say, coaching or mentorship or even like that executive sponsorship that you mentioned, like even internal mentorship or whatever, there's a lot of women in particular. So obviously this show is for women in leadership. And there's a lot of women in leadership who before they would invest in likes of coaching or mentorship or anything like that. And they're thinking, do I need an MBA? Or I think I might need another degree. Or that's the thing I need to get to the next level. But I think what they quickly realize is actually a lot of the skills that we need to develop are those people skills. They are those relationship building skills. So it sounds to me like, you know, you had the background, but then you started to leverage like your sponsors, like you said. So talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. And I mean, you know what, Lucy, any form of education is fantastic. So I'd never, I'd never discourage anybody from seeking out, you know, education, formal education. I think it's fantastic. And you're right. Once you have that and you have the formal, if you like, you know, training, et cetera, I think then it's up to how you integrate and behave in a work environment. Um, I think understanding, you know, how you how you react to different types of personalities. I think that's probably, especially in the tech sector, there's many different types of personalities um, that work within within the sector. And it's really important that you embrace the diversity of these people. Um, and, you know, you might have an introvert in a meeting whereby, you know, they might have some amazing ideas, but they're not speaking. So it's how do you how do you ensure that you get, you know, the best from these people and, and encourage them to speak out and partake within within um within groups etc and just generally how you how you operate within that sort of diverse environment i think as a younger person that's probably more tricky because i think when we're younger we probably gravitate more to people who are like us you know mm-hmm. who have the same conversations as we have who we feel like we fit in with you know i fit in with this group uh whereas as as you move around a company and as you move roles it's really important that I guess you create your your business structure around working with diverse teams and really appreciating that. And I think having that skill is key to succeed in any environment today. Um, and I think it's something that's really valued now. And mm. I know that when we interview candidates to join Dell, 
it's, you know, you know, we would obviously refer to it around things like emotional maturity and um, EQ. Um, we do test for that. And so it, it's a key part. And sometimes it can be it can be a bigger part um, than the qualification, because if we get somebody that doesn't fit in, they won't grow. They won't be nurtured. You know, they won't succeed. And then it's not helping anybody. So it's a really super important skill um, to have. And the good news is, you know, I, I do have children of a certain age. I do think that um, I do think that, you know, the younger generation today is an awful lot more further on than probably my generation was because they have got, you know, they've got more parents maybe in business or friends with parents in business and they are more coached. So I do think that that is improving an awful lot, um, you know, from when I started off. Mm, no, absolutely. And I think you're so right, like with the with the diversity, because you're you're so right, like we do tend to gravitate towards people who are more like us. And, you know, I'd even hear that as well with some of, you know, some of the women I work with and women listen to this podcast around, you know, even in leadership, making sure you're aware of those unconscious biases and not hiring people like you and being open. So like, what would you say to, you know, there's a lot of leaders in in the STEM industry who, as we were talking earlier, are quite technically minded, quite analytically not minded and, and use that part of their brain a lot more than that kind of emotional side. I'm the total opposite, by the way. I was like a misfit in, in that industry. But what would you say to those leaders who are, I suppose, maybe not as in tune with their own emotional intelligence as maybe they could be? I just want to pause this episode for a second to tell you about something super exciting that I'm hosting on the 22nd of May and it's absolutely free. It's my brand new imposter syndrome breakthrough masterclass. I cannot wait because in this one hour masterclass, I'm going to show you how you can make the ultimate shift from struggling to execute with confidence and feeling not good enough and confused as to how you can make changes to exploding your personal confidence in your leadership role and eliminating imposter syndrome for good so you can make the impact you want to make while maintaining balance and having a lot more fun too. Trust me, this is going to be so worth an hour of your time. Head over to lucygarden.com forward slash masterclass right now to save your seat. So I think it's a, I think it's, it's very much a personal journey. Okay. Um, I think it's something that you need to be aware of. First of all, I think being aware of what, you know, what way you are and understanding yourself is obviously a key starting point. And then figuring out how, what you're going to do to basically, you know, bring that forward. Um, I believe that a good way of, of, of mentoring or being a mentee, should I say, uh, with somebody is to go and and concentrate on a specific ac- aspect. So think of something that you want to work on, find somebody that's good at it and ask them to help you to be as good as they are with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a key way of doing it. But I do think it all starts from from your own personal development, because that's very much an innate skill. And it mm-hmm. can only be developed by by you as a person. Um, but there is an awful lot of people out there to help you, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I do it quite a lot. I find something, you know, some area I want to improve. I find someone who does it well. I ask them to help. It's quite complimentary to tell someone you've noticed something they do very well. Um, Can you help me do it as well? I mean, Mm. I I, I don't know anyone that would say no. 
Um, and can so I just pause you there? Because so like, how can you, how do you reach out to these people? So I'll just back up and give you kind of a bit of context about where this question is coming from. So a lot, again, a lot of women that I would work with and, and see and speak to are so in the weeds. Okay. They're so in the weeds. They're so in the detail. They're, they're so busy getting their day job done. There's a lot of fires to be fought every day. There's team complexities. There's murders. There's end of year appraisals. There's all of this stuff that just seems to be going on, which seems to block them from actually taking the time to have the conversation with a mentor or pick up the, you know, send an email and say, will you, you know, will you sponsor me? So that's one part of it. And then the other part of it is the, the actual courage to reach out. So what would you say to anybody who is in that position? Okay, well, firstly, I think if if there's somebody who is so busy and, you know, we've all fallen into the trap um, where they're not investing in themselves and giving themselves time, they need to um, basically make time. Um, yes. Because, <laughs> I mean... It's it's not it's not really that complicated, but it means if your job stroke career is driving you as opposed to you driving it, then I guess it's it's got the wrong balance. Ooh. I would advise um I advise my team to put aside an hour or two on a Friday for self-investment every Friday. Okay. And whether that's to read a book, uh, go for a walk, think about something that they want to work on, write something down, I don't know, listen to a podcast, read Wikipedia, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I think it's really important that you actually diary time to do that. There's a lot of demand on time. But you know what? Realistically, there's nothing that that drives you that hard that you couldn't have an hour or two for yourself on a Friday to actually figure out, you know, what you want to do mm -hmm. uh, and take that time. And I always feel, well, for me anyway, it works really well in the mornings when my brain is fresher. I think once the afternoon comes, it's time to kind of start you know, figuring out how the day is going to end with the tasks completed. So I think it's a really good thing to do it in the morning if that's what works for you. It doesn't work mm. for everyone. Um, the second part is how do you figure out who to mentor? A lot of companies now have formal mentoring programs. I mean, that's definitely something to engage with. We have a really good mentoring program at Dell and it's really encouraged as part of our culture. So that's great. So it's easier to do it in a company like that. Um, if you don't have that, then you can always reach out to somebody you know if that, if you're comfortable with that. And if that, you know, if, again, there's nobody there that you feel comfortable with, there's a lot of networks, uh, professional networks out there um, that you can attend that actually support women. But you do have to engage with it. I mean, it, you know, it, it is, again, it's back to architecting your career, taking control. Um, and I guess it's also making peace with, you know, it might always work out. And you know, that's mm -hmm. okay too. Don't take that personally. That happens to everybody. Nothing, you know, everything doesn't go great all the time. Um, so it's a matter of just, you know, if it doesn't work out, just going fine, that didn't work. You know, next thing, what will I work on next? And I think that's that's really a key part of it. So mm -hmm. they, that would be the advice I would give, just to take back control, get some time in the diary so you have a space to do it. Um, and then figure out, you know, what are you going to, you know integrate into that space that would help you with your career oh you are literally preaching to the converted here because i before i i started my own business when i worked in the corporate world i would have been in the busy trap i had the mentality of i was too busy i i didn't have time and the work was so important and i really didn't invest in myself and it's so funny since i've started my business i mean everything has changed i have like 
two coaches, one mentor, I'm in one membership, I'm in one mastermind, and I'm trying to run my company and manage a team as well, but I make time for that. So it's like, I think sometimes in the corporate space, there's a like when I started my business, my whole world, my whole eyes were open up to a whole new world of personal development and professional development that just were not I didn't understand was even available to me when I worked in corporate, you know, and people would ask me a lot about, you know, I've had quite a lot of success in a very short space of time. And I mean, if you look at your career and everything you've done, we're saying exactly the same thing, which is invest in yourself, take the time for your growth take the time on a Friday. I love that idea to even you mentioned like listening to a podcast or reading a book, but you also said something really profound, which most people overlook, which is take the time to think about something. Just take the time to think because again, we fall into this trap of doing, 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 and like all the downloads come in the thinking. So I love that. And do you do that yourself? Do you give yourself time to think? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, it was something I was told by a mentor some time ago, and I've always done it since. Yeah, because otherwise it all comes in when you're in the shower or people wonder why they can't sleep at night. And it's because your brain is finally relaxing and you're yeah. getting all the all the aha moments. Right. So I love that you're yeah. scheduling that in for yourself, too. OK, so we've talked about, I suppose, we've talked about kind of the mentorship and stuff like that. And now I'd love to talk a little bit about work life balance. And is it really possible? You know, you have a, a family and, you know, you're obviously doing well in, in your career. You know, you've got a lot on your plate. Is it possible to for women to have it all? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, back when I had my children, I, I told you I have a I have a 21 year old and an 18 year old. So they're I'm a bit further along the track. So my comparison, I suppose, is not a comparison of what's going on today with so, I mean, things that I did, and I mean, this might sound insane, but what I did was I sat down with my husband, who, by the way, is amazing. So that was a huge part of it, extremely hands-on dad in every way. Um, so we were very much 50-50 at home. So that was a huge, I guess, help. Um, we sat down and we wrote down, I suppose, the operational structure of our house, like you would running a business, like what needs to happen. Like we need to buy food, we need to cook the food, we need to do the washing. <laughs> Like we need to cut the grass. I mean, to clean the house. We literally wrote down everything that needs to be done in the house on a weekly basis just to keep us going, like living properly. And we also found that when that was out of control, our stress levels were probably higher than they would have been in work with, with a busy schedule. It was really trying to just make sure the family, you know, the home was relaxed. I mean, you don't want, you don't want a stressful house. And so basically we figured out a way of, you know, we both worked. So we were lucky that we could get external help. Um, we never had anybody live in the house. OK, uh, we never went down that road, but we did have help um, um, from a number of different people that came in over the period of time of the kids, not all at once, um, and helped us, you know, with, you know, maybe the housework, minding the kids, etc. Um, I enjoy cooking. So I, I always cooked. That's just what I do because I just like it. Um, I batch cook, um, etc. But just found a way of of really sitting down and actually having a conversation, thinking about how are we going to do this and make sure that like come Friday you don't have anything to do, so that you can actually enjoy the time with your kids, you know, or even just have some fun with your friends. Do whatever you want to do, but you have some downtime, which enables you to you know have a good a good life the following week. I think that's got even better now with hybrid working. I think a lot of organizations are very focused on diversity. 
Um, and in fact, all organizations should be focused on diversity. And I think most are, which is a good thing. Um, and therefore, the, the the levers are in place now at the sort of structural level within companies to support women. Um, and not just support women, it's also to support men. I think mm-hmm. that's something that we also forget is generally speaking, in a household where two people are working, it's give and take. You know, I take one day off if the kids are sick. My husband takes the following one. That's how we worked it. So it's it's a family support, really, um, to get that work-life balance correct. But I think really getting your getting your head around what needs to be done on a weekly basis at home so it's not random was an enormous help. But uh, it, it really does. It really does help just to alleviate that stress. Um, so we managed that within an inch of its life to make sure that it all worked. Okay, so I love it. And I I do exactly the same. And I love that you're saying about batch cooking, like I batch cook most Sundays, and at least you have dinners kind of cooked till maybe Wednesday, and then you might go again. Um, Talk to me about this structure, because a couple of things you said there really jumped out. Number one, you said you and your husband have a 50-50 relationship, and myself and my husband would be exactly the same. I think as women, sometimes what I see is a lot of women put pressure on themselves to be the mother, to be the leader. And they have this definition of what a mother should be, that awful word should, you know, as opposed to actually it's, you know, your kids aren't helping you when they're doing their laundry. It's it's part of them living in the house. Like if you, if you I catch myself sometimes saying to my kids, oh, will you help me do the dishwasher? And then I stop myself and I'm like, I'm, you're not helping me. You bloody live here. So like, I think it's really, really important to have that 50-50 split. But what about the women who don't have that kind of support? Yeah, I think that's more difficult, like without mm. a shadow of a doubt. It absolutely is. I think there are some women who want all of the responsibility as well. I think there's some True. who just don't have the support and then there's some that won't give up the control. I think there's a bit of both and we can all suffer from that a little bit as well. I think if you're if you're the former and you're trying to do everything, I think my advice would be to stop. And something else um, I think you need to give up on a little bit is having the, you know, the perfect house all the time. Like everything isn't going to be tidy all of the time. You know, that's okay um you know I I I do I look I like living in a, in a in a tidy space but I mean it's not like that all the time when you have small children and there's times where we'd say you know we're not picking up the toys tonight it doesn't matter they can stay there till tomorrow and I think again that's okay so it's being practical and not putting yourself under too much pressure for kind of things that don't matter right now you know mm-hmm. they'd be fine done in two days time I think for women who don't have the support the structure is even more important uh, for them to be able to give themselves the space to have the career if they're trying to manage the home you know almost by themselves or for single moms as well um I think that is a key getting getting that organizational structure around you and family support I do think you need that I think it's very difficult to do it all on your own if you don't have some support I do think mm-hmm. you need some support to actually make it work and so whether that comes from you know, friends, family, etc. I moved to an area where we had no family around us. Um, and we we met a lot of very good friends who were in very similar situations. So we backed each other up. Um, you know, if one of my kids was sick one day, they might stay with someone or I'd take theirs to follow, whatever. You know, we kind of just helped each other out. So I think having that community support, family support around you, that is important. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps to alleviate the stress. And then not being a perfectionist, I think, is probably the other piece of advice I would give. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. And so you said it's not being a perfectionist. It's it's seeking the support. And you also said about the structure piece. Right. And I'd love to kind of dive into that structure piece a bit, because I think this will be really useful for my listeners. It sounds to me, like you said earlier on, that the structure is like nearly like you were operating a business. And I love that because if you're, you know, it this just guys, this is like mirroring art, mirroring life here. Like Catherine, you've done really well in your career because clearly you're structured, you're strategic. You know, you sound like you're very in control in terms of having a plan most of the time. I know you're not, nobody's perfect. And then at, in the home, it sounds like you're mirroring the same. And because you're actually applying it to both areas, I mean, you seem quite like a grounded kind of person. So is that, is it, you're laughing as I'm saying that. <laughs> 70% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas I'm grounded about 30% of the time. I'm like a psycho of the other, the other yeah, 70. Psycho, so um, yeah, look, I think it was just trying to keep the basics going at home. And mm. then, because it leaves space for fun. I think when you have young kids, you don't want to be serious all the time or rushing yeah. all the time. It's not great. You want to have some fun. Um, and so having the structure around it just gave us the freedom to know, look, that's all taken care of. Um, so therefore let's, you know, you can, you can relax and have some fun. Yeah. Um, I also think having boundaries around your working day is important. Um, I think I struggled with that for a period of time. I suppose I was being ambitious and I got into a habit of working all day. And then after the kids went to bed, I would dial on again and, uh, you know, or log on again and start again. And I did that for a period of time. And actually until I discovered it was unhealthy, it's actually not very good for you to do that. So I think it's also understanding the boundaries of a working day. And so being organized and structured within reason, mm. I think is, is really important. There's a really good book at the moment actually called Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that really resonated with me because I, I like that kind of structure. And um, I've met some people who've actually bought the workbook and they've used that as well, um, like properly to focus the day um and I I I to a certain extent I've been doing I've been doing that for a while anyway I would I I'm very good at prioritizing what I need to do during the day most of the time again it's all it's all a 70 percent I think yeah 70 percent look the rest is it'll work itself out exactly Uh, and uh but yeah I think being structured and organized and just figuring out what matters I think is really important Hmm. Okay, very good. I absolutely love that. And I wanted to ask another couple of questions, right? Another thing I see with women is they're afraid to say no. So I'm even thinking of um, a client of mine who was a vice president level, you know, she's quite senior level in an international organization. But she still struggles sometimes to say no with certain people who may have intimidated her in some way. So for example, I, I remember her telling me, and obviously this is totally anonymous, so nobody will know who it is, but she, somebody asked her uh, for a presentation really late in the evening to have done the next day that was business critical and all the rest. And she obviously had a million other priorities and children to take care of. And at the time we were working together and I was actually in a session with her and I you know, was coaching her and, you know, she came to the conclusion herself, actually, she she could push back and she did push back. And the result was fine afterwards, you know, the way she did it. But before she wouldn't have pushed back and she would have done the work. So I think sometimes women have this massive limiting belief that they have to say yes to people, either that intimidate them or are more powerful. Um, and I think sometimes that can hold us back. So what, what would you say to women like that who find that they have to say yes if there's somebody who's maybe more senior than them? Like, how can they push back in a way that doesn't reflect badly on them? 
I don't think that just applies to women. <laughs> yeah, they're very true. <laughs> I think that applies to a lot of people. I, I, I'm going to answer that probably in a different way than you expect. So there's, I don't know if you've ever heard of Gretchen Rubin. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Gretchen Rubin has a thing called tendencies. Um, she's got four tendencies. And I think, I think generally people who say yes probably have one of those tendencies where they want to dive in and they want to help. Um, and I think understanding understanding that and understanding, you know, how you work, because I, I never felt I had to say yes, um, if I'm being honest. I'm just because I'm not that way. I just I don't have that tendency. In fact, I'd sit there and say nothing. That's someone else taking potential. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of work. I'm like, oh, I've got loads to do. I'm not taking that. Um, so I do think it can be a personality type as well. Hmm. I've been part of a lot of female groups where we've used that tendencies. And actually, there's an online quiz if your listeners wants to take it and understand it. It's very easy to understand. And it does actually explain a lot if you are a certain way on that tendencies quiz as to why you say yes. So I think, you know, obviously there is people who feel under pressure and that's a different thing, probably. But I think a lot of a lot of people say yes because of a tendency rather than a fear. You know, they feel they should. They feel Hmm. they should say yes. Or they feel, well, no one else is saying yes, so I'm going to say yes. Um, whereas, you know, as I said, I was on a, a thing recently and a lot of a lot of the people on, on it said they felt the need to say yes. I actually, I don't feel the need to say yes, if I'm being honest. Oh, I uh, love this. Sorry, girls, can we all just pay attention? If you're multitasking, come back to me. We have <laughs> Catherine telling us that she has got to where she is without feeling the need to say yes. So that just, so like, the limiting belief is that if if I say no, it's going to look unfavorably on me. It's going to I'm going to look like I'm being unsupportive. I'm going to look like I'm being uncooperative. I'm going to look like I don't care. I want to please people. Dispel that myth, please. Well, no, it, it's not even. It, but I mean, I think it depends on what you're doing. If, if obviously, if a boss comes and says to you, "Can you do this for me?" Yeah. You know, I mean, saying no is not great. Okay, um, but I think you can you can say you know you know, do you, when do we need to have this done by, you know, and if they say, well, actually, you know, I need that tomorrow and you go, okay, well, I'm working on these three other things. You're okay that I let them go then. And I'll prioritize this over them. Like something's got to go, you know, I think managing expectations in that way is absolutely fine. I guess what I was thinking about when you asked the question initially was, you know, when there's a meeting and maybe there's actions and it's like, who'll take that one? You know, some people feel the, the, you know, just, the compulsion, if you like to say, oh, I'll take it. I've, I suppose in that sense, I've never felt the need to, to sort of stand up and, and take everything. I, I've no problem taking some things and some things I do like to do. Um, but I never felt I needed to take everything. And I know I know there are some women who struggle with that, where it's sort of that, I don't know, ownership thing where they do want to take ownership of it and they do mm-hmm. want to do it and put themselves under a lot of pressure. But I think setting expectations around your work, your day, your priorities, I think that's very acceptable. Mm. And I think if you have then a leader that's been unreasonable, then you're probably with the wrong leader. Mm. And um, so what do we do? What do we do if we have if we're with the wrong leader? What if somebody's listening now and they really feel like their boss just doesn't value them, doesn't appreciate them, and is just piling more work onto them without the, I suppose, recognition? We've all been there at some point, right? So what would you what would your advice be? Um, I always believed in a straight conversation with them. And that's easier said than done. It depends on the boss. Sometimes they're approachable and sometimes they're not. But if they're approachable, I think having a conversation of, look, you know, where is this going for us? I need to understand is probably not a bad thing just to reset boundaries. 
Um, and then ultimately, I think if you work for someone who doesn't value you or isn't a good leader in the sense of a good leader for you, I do think then you need to find another leader. I don't think you need a knee jerk reaction, though. I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't need to be dramatic. I think you can do it in a very controlled way. And as you say, Lucy, we've all been there. We've all had somebody where, you know, personality clash or just style doesn't kind of sit. Um, so, I mean, if you're in a big company, there's many places within an organization you can move to. You can start talking to other departments, figure out where, you know, what is what works better for you. Mm. Um and, and can and can I just again I just I just want to pause because I'm thinking of all these people I speak to who might have been in this situation and one thing that comes up is around oh I, I don't want to be disloyal or I don't want to have a conversation with another department because if my if my boss finds out what are they going to think so what would you say to that yeah I don't think you need to I mean it's it's again it's a, it's a how you do it okay mm-hmm. I mean I don't think you need to go to the other department and go you know what I hate where I am I want out what have you got I don't think it needs to be in that way I think it can be look I'd like to understand a little bit more about what you do over here because I'm I'm doing a career plan and I don't understand what you do so you know what does your department look like you know how does it work what kind of work have you got I just want to know more I want to understand more I think it can be done in that way so yeah. it does, you know, so you're not exposed. I do understand corporate politics is always a tricky one to navigate, but it's, I suppose it's just using, you know, being relaxed, I think is a key part of the whole thing is don't panic, be relaxed, figure out what you want to do and, and don't rush. I think it's, it's, it's calming down, understanding it's not urgent today or probably tomorrow. You can probably put up with it for another few months and get a plan that works for you so you don't jump out of one situation that's bad for you into another situation that's bad for you I think it's important you really think about how you're going to navigate that Mm -hmm. and I think as you you know as you grow your career and you build your maturity around dealing with people and you know understanding you know the biting your lip when somebody's driving you insane and not saying anything I think you know controlling your emotions and not having dramatic responses is really really important because that doesn't serve you either that just creates a lot of emotional stress and you really don't need that. So I think working on ensuring you have that under control is a key thing, especially when you're working in these larger organizations where everything is not going to go your way. Um, and I work a little bit on and accept the things you cannot change. You know, there's, yeah. certain, there's certain structures in a company that, you know what, it's been laid down at the top. You aren't going to change that. Okay, so let's look at the bits where we can affect and let's go affect those and do a great job. Because the other structures are there for a reason, and I'm sure there's a good reason for it. So we'll just accept them and we'll work with the bits where we can actually, you know, control the strategy or drive the direction. Mm. So I think that is a key thing is stop fighting with maybe a multinational organization uh, structure that you're not going to influence um, unless you're the CEO. Um, And I think that's probably a key piece of advice as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just as you were saying that, I was thinking of like, I, I don't know, I'm kind of quite spiritual person as well. And Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, taught me a lot. And I remember he was talking about most of our unhappiness comes from wishing things were different than they are and pushing against everything as opposed to acceptance. And I think what you said there about, you know, not fighting against a corporate structure that's not going to change. I think that's a massive waste of energy that a lot of people, they spend energy giving out, they spend energy being negative, they spend energy giving out with this person. Like it changes absolutely nothing. And it, it sounds to me like, you know, you're very pragmatic. You know, you're coming across as somebody who really is 
obviously you know we've been in your career a long time emotionally mature like you said around dealing with people and like look where you've got so i really really am so grateful that you're on saying all of this because i think my listeners are going to take a lot of value from you so thank you so much catherine really appreciate it thank you and so i'm just conscious and we are coming up on time so i'd love to ask you a question that i always ask my guests what is the best piece of advice you have ever received it can be anything it can be from a granny it can be from anyone it doesn't have to be career related what comes to mind let me think i think it's important to have a level of perspective is don't lose your perspective of what's important I was talking to someone recently and they told me that most of their time is spent at work and not with their family. And I asked them which was their biggest priority and they said their family. And I thought, wow, you know, that is in the wrong way, that you, you've got this the wrong way around. I think keeping a perspective of what's important. Um, I mean, most of us, to be fair, unless we're working, you know, in, in the health sector, we're not saving lives. We're working in companies, we're working in businesses. I think having a level of perspective on what's important in your life is is really super important. And I think at every point when we're ambitious, we probably lose that perspective. Um, and I just think reminding yourself of, you know, life's for living. It's important you enjoy it and enjoy yourself in the process. And I think also that's what you deserve. Um, yeah. And I think keeping, keeping a good sense of that is important. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Such, such good advice. Catherine, I so appreciate your time. There's so much gold here. We will, um, we will link the, um, quiz that you shared earlier on from Gretchen Rubin in the show notes, guys. So you can go and look at your tendencies. And on that note, um, we will wrap it up for today. So Catherine, thanks a million for being a guest. You've been amazing. Thank you, Lucy. Really appreciate you inviting me. Thanks so much.